and good Sunday morning to you. I hope you're having a blessed Sunday. Uh, and we are uh, grateful to be able to bring you uh, God's word this morning as um, it is our Thanksgiving sermon, Thanksgiving Sunday at the church. So we do hope everybody um, had a wonderful Thanksgiving and enjoyed a blessed meal uh, with your family. However, you were able to get together and do that. And so we just hope that everything went well for you. I want to read Psalm 100 to start the day. And this is how we're going to start it. I mean, it's Psalm 100. We're going to read it a couple of times today. It's just five verses. We're going to start this way and we'll pray and get to the message today. Psalm 100, a psalm of thanksgiving. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name for the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we come before you today and we thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence. Lord, we thank you that you give us reason to be thankful. Lord, it is uh, so wonderful to know you and to make you known. Lord, I pray that today may the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, may they be pleasing, Father, to you. We pray this to you, our rock and our redeemer, and in your holy and precious name. Amen. Now, I want to start by making one statement, and that statement is simply this. Thanksgiving is not natural. Now, bear with me as I say that, but Thanksgiving is not natural. Us giving thanks, it is not a natural thing. A small boy was given an orange by a nice man, and his mom said, What do you say to the nice man who gave you the orange? And the young boy looked at the man, handed him the orange, and said, Peel it. I mean, all kidding aside, Psalm 100 is a place that we can see Thanksgiving. But let's let's organize this in a few several different ways. There's this praise to God, the person of God and the promises of God. There's seven directives in this. Make noise, serve, come, know, enter, give thanks and bless So today I would rather dissect the passage and glean the issues of thanksgiving. I want to talk to to us about this thanksgiving. Psalm 100 verse 1, a psalm for thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Now we normally joke that a joyful noise is singing from one who may not be too gifted. Actually, it originally describes more of an exuberant shout, a trumpet blast to mark the beginning of a celebration. Maybe you've heard a shofar uh, be played at the beginning of a service. So who should give thanks to the Lord? Well, let's take that out of the verse, all the earth. God has demonstrated his love to all men. Remember in Matthew 5, 45, it talks that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. So who should give thanks? Well, you know, you you talk about a number of places. Well, this 
I heard a story one time of some ladies in a certain part of Mexico that took their laundry to the springs. And there were places where hot and cold runner water run side by side. The women would wash their clo- clothes in the hot springs, rinse them in the cold. And when someone asked a guide if the women were thankful to God for supplying such a wonderful gift to them, he said, no, they complain because he doesn't supply the soap. But see, listen to me. People who are without God are more likely to curse God for not supplying enough conveniences while he is lovingly supplying us with everything that we need to survive. Think about that for a moment. Sometimes we get angry with God because we say he's not giving us enough when the reality is is that he's giving us more than enough. He's giving us what we need and that's enough. But sometimes we want more. We want because we think we need it to be easier. We think we need it to be different. We can see that in the things of the world around us today. It brings us into verse 2 where it says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Come before him with joyful songs even. See, serve the Lord with gladness. Some translations actually say worship here. Worship the Lord with gladness. The Hebrew word that you would not remember actually reflects three things it's surrender with submission service with stewardship and worship and praise it's letting god be the lord it's instructing us to do it gladly it is allowing god to be god and gladly doing so yielding to god secondly verse 2 instructs us to then approach him not only approach him but how to approach him approach him with singing Well, I mean, that can be done in a corporate setting. That can be done. Do you ever just sing joyfully, sing hymns, sing songs of praise? It's honestly, it might be why we begin church services. It might be the thing that you start a service with a song because you come before the Lord. You approach him with singing. Collectively, we come into the presence of God when we lift our voices in praise. What I want us to see, though, is that we serve a God who invites us to him. If you need a reason for thanksgiving, this honestly can stand alone. The fact that God invites us to him, our God desires our company, invites us to his celebration. He invites us to a thankful celebration, a thanksgiving celebration. I think it's a great thing for us to think about. Verse 3, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Not only does he invite us to come to himself, but invites us to know him. To know that Jehovah is Elohim. The true God is the Trinity. See, we can know that the self-existent eternal God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He made us and we are his. He is the Lord, owner, and creator of us. Some Hebrew texts reflect that not only he made us, but we didn't. We did not make ourselves. In an 1800, uh, 1800s commentary, Adam Clark said, I can never think that it is the true reading, though found in the present Hebrew text, in the Vulgate, Septuagint, Ethiopic, and Syriac. Was there ever a people on earth, however grossly heathenish, that did believe or could believe that they had made themselves? Well, I'm 
venture to say that even now it's a possibility that there are some who do. John Gill, in his commentary in the 1700s, said, As we have no hand in making either our souls or our bodies, so neither in our regeneration or in the work of God upon our hearts. That is solely the Lord's work. There is a double reading of this clause. What is not debated is that we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. The psalmist moves from the universal call to praise to the focus of those who will truly praise God, the sheep, the sheep of his pasture. It it indicates that God's possession, protection and provisions for us are there. It indicates that there is a provision for his children. And then it says in verse four, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. This verse reflects a gathering. The gates represent the gates of the city as people came to the original Thanksgiving celebrations that were called for in Leviticus chapter 7. And maybe you thought that Thanksgiving was only originated in the United States. But one of the Jewish feasts was a feast of Thanksgiving. There they were instructed to eat meat and grain. A reminder of how life was before Cain and Abel were separated by envy and jealousy. It was also a thanksgiving to God for the blessings, the livestock and the crops. People would come to the city from the outer villages and enter Jerusalem through the gates. They were to enter the gates with thanksgiving. Then they would gather in the courts of the temple to begin their praise. And in their singing, they would thank God for his provisions and praise him. For his attributes, thus they would thank him and bless his name. I heard of a missionary eye doctor one time who treated people for an eye disease that would cause people to go blind. He said no one ever said thank you. In their dialect, there was no such word. They would say, I will tell your name to show appreciation. They would never they would ever tell of the one who saved their eyesight. I will tell of your name. We as redeemed children of God should be ever praising him, thanking him by telling of his name. It's not necessarily thanking him personally and saying, thank you, Lord, for my many blessings. And then never mentioning him again when it comes to talking with others. We should be telling his name. And then verse five, verse five says, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. The basis for thanksgiving is found in this psalm. He created us, but to have a creator that created us and abandoned us would justify resentment. He is just and he is righteous, but because we are sinful, if he was just and right alone, that would generate hatred for us. Three things sum up this psalm that should create thanksgiving in our heart that cannot but help flow from our lips. Let's look at these things today. One, he is good. His goodness toward all mankind. It is evident in the rain, in the crops, in the livestock, the nature, the atmosphere. It's evident in balance. We worship a good God. There's no question of that. We worship a good God. I mean, think about this for a moment. When the rich young ruler called us or called Jesus a good teacher. Jesus' reply was, there is only one who is good. 
Jesus is saying Jehovah is good. God is good. But remember, Jesus himself was Jehovah. And verse 3 said that we are the sheep of his pasture. Verse 5 then says he is good. The Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. In John chapter 10, verses 11 and 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So Jesus is Yahweh. He is Jehovah. He is good. He is good and his goodness is toward all mankind. The second thing we see here is that not only is he good, but his love never ends. His love endures forever. Now, God is love. We've talked about this many times. God is love. God defines love. Listen to the description of God and his love by Paul to the Corinthian church. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things. Love hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Now, I don't know about you, but that kind of love is more than worthy of thanksgiving. I believe that kind of love is worth more than just a a thank you and us giving thanks every once in a while or one day a year or whatever. The third thing we see here is that his faithfulness is forever. Not only is his love forever, but his faithfulness is forever. His faithfulness is to all generations. It is to all people. It is to all nations. I think one of the best verses we can use for this is second timothy 2 13 where it says if we are faithless he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself god remains faithful because he cannot deny himself and i want to end this thinking about some of the fundamentals of thanksgiving found in this psalm but just hear that one more time if we are faithless he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself So there are some fundamentals, as I said. I want to look at these fundamentals. First, this issue of emotion. This issue of emotions uh, that are a part of being thankful, joyful, gladness, and singing. Sometimes we're not happy in the Christian life because of our situation. Maybe we focus on our situation and our circumstances and we forget to be thankful. When we focus on what God has done for us, it should bring us joy and happiness. A gloomy, depressed Christian has lost touch with the things that God has done for them. Ephesians 2 alone says, it, says be brought, that he brought us from death to life. Ephesians 2 alone talks about us being brought from death, from death to life. And, you know, we were under the trance of Satan and we have been awakened he has even declared us seated already with him in the heavenlies declaring the certainty of it he assured us that his immeasurable riches of his kindness toward us and he also assures us of productivity based upon his providence and our scheduled maturity based upon our growth in him 
Peter put it this way in 2 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Our emotions cannot lead us, but when we focus on what God has done for us, those focusing, the, uh, the focusing that we do, that focus should be followed by shouts of praise. It is an emotional time when we realize what God has done for us, his children. There's also this issue of value. Self-centered instead of focusing on what God maybe has done for you. We, we kind of get to where we lose our joy and exuberance when we focus on ourself and not on God. And we lose that joy when we start to come to terms with ourselves and we think to ourselves, well, I just wish it was better. I wish this was different. I wish that was different. When our attention is wrapped up in the here and now, we lose joy when things get tough. But it is important that a thankful Christian keep their mind on the bigger picture. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor can you imagine what God has in store for those who love him. Listen, worship is not based on who you are or what you have. It's based on who God is and what he has done for you. A third thing that we see fundamentally in this is that an issue of ownership takes place. We are his. We are the sheep of his pasture. Thanksgiving comes from having a good shepherd. Consider Psalm 23. Put your name in it wherever it can go. Psalm 23. We've talked about this. Put your name in it. Listen to it. With your name. The Lord is. My shepherd. I have what I need. Maybe it would be more like. The Lord is Philip's shepherd. The, Philip has what Philip needs. Right. He leads Philip to lie down. In green pastures. He leads Philip beside quiet waters i can say that about myself put your name in and read that psalm and study it and think of it in that way put your name in and, and remember the thanksgiving of where we need to lift those praises to god the fourth issue we see is an issue of recognition this good enduring love this endless faithfulness if you view god as the angry father you will not be thankful if you view god as a vengeful judge you will not be thankful but if you see god as good with enduring love and endless faithfulness, thanksgiving will flood from your heart. Now, I want to end saying that, but I want to talk real quickly about this. In 1636, amid the darkness of the Thirty Years' War, there was a German pastor named Martin Rinkert. He was said to have buried 5,000 of his parishioners in one year and an average of 15 a day. The parish was ravaged by war, by death and economic disaster. 
and in the heart of that darkness with the cries of fear outside his window. He sat down and he wrote this prayer, this table grace, so to speak, this prayer for children. It simply says this. Now, thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices who wondrous things had done in whom his world rejoices, who from our mother's arms hath led us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Listen, this man knew thanksgiving comes from God. It comes from the love of God, not from outward circumstances. And we can know that today too. This man knew what the love of God looked like. This man knew that God's love was urgent in our lives, that God's love was key for everything else. This man knew what it meant to give thanks. He understood Psalm 100 verses 4 and 5. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name for the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. I want to finish with the words of Paul to the Thessalonian church. First Thessalonians chapter five. Starting in verse 16, he says these words. Rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in everything for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't stifle the spirit. Don't quench the spirit. He then goes on a couple verses later to say, stay away from every kind of evil. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus that you be thankful in all circumstances. And how can you be thankful in all circumstances through Christ Jesus? Through the spirit that's within you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not stifle the spirit. Do not allow that spirit to become blocked by your own personal desires. But to be thankful, the spirit must be active within us. Rejoice always. Be cheerful no matter the circumstance. Pray continually. Be in a constant conversation with God. And in all things, give thanks to God the Father. Because this is his will for you in Christ Jesus. Do you want to know his will for your life today? It starts there. Because if you can rejoice in him, be glad in him, enter his courts with thanksgiving and his or enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, you too will be blessed. Because thankfulness will flow from an overwhelmed heart. Where you can stifle the spirit, quench the spirit. And allow it to keep you from praising the Lord today. Let's close in prayer this morning. Father God, we thank you that we have an opportunity to thank you. To, to come before you. God, help us to come before you in prayer. To be joyful always. And God also... Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to give thanks. Father, I pray that we would give thanks, that we would enter your gates with thanksgiving, that we would enter your courts with praise, that we would say this is the day that you have made, Lord, and we will rejoice and be glad. 
Father, I pray that we will enter those gates today thanking you. Enter the courts praising you. And God, I pray that not only would we say thank you to you, but Lord, that we would tell of your name to all of the earth. Lord, if there's a decision that needs to be made, I pray, Father, that you lead them, that you guide them, that Lord, you give hope in a difficult time. I thank you, Lord, for the blessing of the cross. I thank you for the son that you gave, for that good shepherd who took care of his sheep, that, Lord, you have provided for us a way to come home. Go with us, lead us, and help us to ever be thankful. We pray this in your holy, precious, and wonderful name. Amen. Again, we want to thank you for tuning in for our services here on our uh, podcast page. Thank you for listening and hope you had a blessed time with us. You can get more information on Newland Christian Church at newlandchristianchurch.com or go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash newlandchristianchurch. And until next week, we hope you have a blessed week in the Lord. <music>